This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek, show number 489, recorded on May 6th, 2021. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Cawson, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios here in a beautiful Bellevue, Nebraska. But Mark, is it beautiful in Canada? That's the question. How's the, 15, how's the weather up north? 15 Celsius today. So uh, I, I don't um, even know what that means. <laughs> is that good? 50, 50 Fahrenheit today. Oh, okay. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. But getting a little, well, actually it's 50, 55, 55, 52, 59 for next week. We we always complain in Nebraska that we like there's never spring, but this year it's actually been kind of that sp- those spring like conditions, right? Which have been really pleasant. Kind of evening, sit on the deck, good for grilling. We had snow last Friday. <laughs> yeah, but it didn't stay around, very long, right? right? No, no, but it was it was an inch inch and a half of snow. Oh. Sean, uh, Sean Cook is joining us, and uh, we'll we'll meet Sean a little bit later. Uh, well, why he's here, but Sean, are you a winter guy or are you a summer guy? You're you're not far from Mark up there. Um, wh- which do you prefer? Definitely a summer guy. Okay, I'm not a winter guy at all. Yeah, yeah. And are you? Do you kind of grill like all summer long? Is that? Is it like every night? What's your What's your grilling frequency, John? I grill. I grill all year round. Okay. Um, during when I'm busy at work, summertime is my busier time at work. So I do most of my grilling on the weekends and uh, try and cook everything I can Friday, mm-hmm. Saturday, Sunday, and, oh. and then eat leftovers throughout the week. Yeah. Yeah. And no, that's a great, that's a great way to do it. We're, we're, <clears throat> I need to do more of that myself where I over, I overcook on the weekends than have that stuff available. You know, we kind of do that. We kind of do that with HelloFresh. That's kind of our, you know, we buy the box meals and I make, we make a couple of those a week and there's just enough for a leftover in those. And so I take that to, I kind of eat that for lunch the next day or whatever, but I could definitely do more over grilling, right? You can never cook, you can never grill enough, right? Over grill and then freeze it. Yeah. 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 Although Mark, I'll be honest with you. I've got some pulled pork that's still sitting in my freezer from, I don't know. It's been a while. I need to start writing the dates on the, on the plastic bags. Cause I, but, it goes and I just lose track of it. But you know, the best way to reheat that, right? Well, you can tell me. Pot of water. <laughs> just, just to put the bag, put the back <clears throat> to the side of a pot of simmering water. Mm. 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah. And it keeps all the moisture in it. Doesn't dry it out. Oh, it's, that's a good, that's a good idea. Yeah. So it's almost like sous vide. It is. It's a cheap, it's a poor man's sous vide. It's it's a sous vide that anybody can do. Right. Right. Well, I, I, the problem is I don't know how long it's been in there. Like I'm, I'm the kind of grill guy that I'll grill it, freeze it. And then I just never get back to the freezer early, early in pandemic. So like May uh, of last year, we made a whole bunch of soup stocks, you know, cause that's what you did. You made bread and soup. Right. And, uh, I think if there's still, (laughs) it's been a year. Is it any good? I don't know. I don't know. So I uh, eat it. Uh, if it's pulled pork or something or brisket, <laughs> I got brisket and pulled pork in my freezer that are a year old. And a I'll pull year? Those out. Oh yeah. Sean, Sean, are you okay with a year in the freezer? Um, 
I have a lot of people that take stuff off my hands. Most okay. of my cooks don't make it to the freezer. <laughs> okay. So you're not you're not necessarily freezing the abundance uh, no. of what you make. Okay. All right. Well, we'll we're going to talk a little bit more about that here in just a second. Of course, we'll have I have a few show notes. We're going to buy a little bit later in the show. Uh, Mark and Sean are going to talk me into an instant read thermometer. And so we'll pick one of those up tonight. I've broken a bunch of them. And so I, 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 we're going to buy that later in the show. You'll, the links to those will be in the show notes. You can find that the average guy.tv slash HGG four, eight, nine for this show. A couple of reminders going forward. I said, we wouldn't talk in pre-show about, about Bitcoin, but many of you have taken advantage of the Coinbase offer. And if you want to do that, if you want to kind of join in that, in that, um, in that Bitcoin, whatever's going on right now, which is kind of crazy, uh, you can start by creating an account on Coinbase. Just go to the average guy.tv slash Coinbase. After your first $100 purchase or deposit, they'll, they'll give you 10. They give me 10. It's kind of gr- a great way to get in and just kind of discover. If you don't know anything about it, it's a great way to get started. Remember the average guy.tv slash Coinbase. And then if you need another tra- another trading platform for that, uh, we're, we also have a relationship with Bittrex. So you can go to the average guy.tv slash Bittrex. You can train, you can, you can't trade everything on Coinbase and whatever you can't do, Bittrex has the rest. B-I-T-T-R-E-X, the average guy.tv slash Bittrex if you want to jump in that as well. Mike is out tonight. He is uh, not feeling well. He got a cold. I told Mark, a, a, a what? Like, I don't even know what a cold is anymore. It's been so long since I, I, I've had one. My watch wants to, to, to tell me otherwise. But uh, as I mentioned, Mark Robson and uh, and Sean Cook. Sean, hey, welcome to your first. Uh, Mark's been here a bunch, but welcome to your first Home Gadget Geeks. Great to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Tell us, give us a little bit of background on you. Um, we're going to dig in a little bit. Uh, Mark said, hey, I've got this friend. He's making He's making rubs. And we're going to talk about that in a second. But just give us a little, a little two minutes on you. Who you are, where you at, what do you do, those kinds of things. All right. Well, I live not too far from Mark. Just a little town called Carlton Place, Ontario. It's about ten minutes west of Ottawa, Ontario. And um, I love grilling, obviously grilling and smoking. And I uh, had a hard time, especially here buying stuff that wasn't either overpriced or too salty, especially with rubs and seasoning, stuff like that. I'm not a big salt eater, so I went out and bought a Traeger, and then I bought some of the Traeger seasoning, and I sprinkled it on my chicken, and I couldn't eat my chicken because it was way too salty. And as I started researching it, I'm like, you know what? There's better ways to do this. There's healthier ways to do it. And more exciting ways because I you can do a lot of experimenting and you can fine tune everything to your personal taste. So yeah, hopefully we'll make a retirement career out of that nice. and I can get yeah. out of my current career. Yeah, yeah, we're going to we're going to dig in on that, but let's get some let's get some stats on you. I already know Mark has a grill problem. Like he Mark, what you call that a problem, I don't call it a problem. What do you, how many do you got? Like what what do you have now? I have four right now, plus a pizza oven. Okay. And you're going to hear somebody that has more than I do, so my problem doesn't look like a problem. Oh, it's sweet. Uh, well, that's, that's good here. Sean, apparently you have a problem. You have a grill Yes. Problem. So let's let's just quickly run through your grills. If you were going to get a quick inventory, and start with like your favorite, if you can. Start with your favorite and work your way down. What do you, what do you um, The favorite is probably the pellet grill. 
for the ease of use and um, the versatility of it. It's um, on the weekends and stuff. You want to spend time with the kids. It is great once in a while to sit and babysit a fire and just sit and watch the food cook. But most people can't do that. They work all week. They come home on the weekends. You have to balance your family time, your cooking time. So the pellet grill, you just add wood pellets, you turn it on, and you can carry on with your day and still enjoy the taste of the smoked food and enjoy family time and whatever else you have to do. It really has, like, pellet grills really kind of, how long, I mean, they've kind of come on, at least in my opinion, they've kind of come on fast. And have kind of taken over and dominated the the space, Mark. What, what, the, the what growth is like this. Like it was sort of like really, really slow. And then the last couple of years, it's yeah. just shot through the roof. Yeah. Everybody's picking up Traegers or, or smoke, Smoky Joe's or <laughs> Green Mountain Grills. Or, yeah. Those, that, those kind those kinds of brands. And Sean, the reason you said is exactly what I think for, you know, for a lot of folks we've talked here about, you know, the intricacies, intricacies of, trying to do charcoal or even gas, which, you know, is, is, is kind of easy, but kind of kind of boring in, in some cases. Right. And so, uh, boy, the pellet, the pellet grill uh, market has just exploded for sure. Like uh, <laughs> we, I was joking with my daughter and, and cause it got expensive. And she said, I now judge everything by how many Traegers they are. This is my daughter who said this, like, so if I'm, you know, if I'm buying a car and it's, $20,000, it's 20 Traegers. So like, that's, that's just funny. Cause I talk about them all the time. You know, I've been thinking about uh, uh, going into this, you know, and it, you know, we came out of an era where you drop for, you know, I used to drop a couple hundred bucks on a grill and now you're dropping a grand or two. Right. But not just on Traegers. Like you look at a new Weber now or a new Napoleon or the, the, the store you used to go to the barbecue store you used to go to had a, I think it was a $55,000 grill called the Kalamazoo and you'd open up the door and it had all the signatures of the guy who built it inside the thing. Oh my gosh. So and it's custom, stainless steel gas. Custom hand built. Right. That kind of, that but kind of deal, a right. gas grill. Yeah, right. Right. So, and yeah. I got lucky. I bought, uh, <clears throat> every one of my pellet grills are meant to find used. Mm. So my favorite one was like a $1,500 us grill and I paid 500 Canadian for it. Um, the last one I bought was fifteen hundred Canadian, and I paid a thousand for it. Well, Mark, you've you, you're good at this, and you were you were you kept shipping me links for a Weber because you're like you got to get this Weber right, and I never did. But I probably should turn that search to to you know pellet grills and say look in my area. You make sure it's the right one. Send me the <laughs> links so I can buy it. Right, that's the kind of that's what I want to do. So, Sean, you your pellet's the favorite. Do you have yeah. are you do you have any brand loyalty in there as far as what what you like from the brand? Not really. Okay. My first uh, pellet grill was a Traeger. Yeah. Um, I did a little bit of researching, um, shopped around a little bit, but in my area there wasn't a large selection, so I kind of right. picked the best of what was available because yeah. I'm also impatient. I went out <laughs> and I went like I want a grill and I want it like right now. I don't yeah. want to wait two weeks yeah. or right. And uh, I've had it for about three years. They they've honored any problems. I've I've had minor little things with it, but I use it a lot, mm-hmm. and it still it still works. Keeps I think me going. Every, probably seventy five percent of people's first grill pellet grill is a Traeger, 
I think so. They're they're they they're synonymous yeah. with pellet grills. Yeah, but um, there's a bunch of options now, right? I mean, you there's can, more and more and more for right. sure. Yeah. yeah um, so. I don't know how many people second pellet grills the trigger, because I think the trigger gets people into it, and then they start seeing everything that's out there. And yeah. especially in the states, you can get some beautiful ones like Pits and Spits and um, mm-hmm. Yoder and and some of the other really nice ones. I think Smoking Brothers is another one mm-hmm. um, that are the thing you pay for them but the things are built like tanks. Yeah. 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 Sean, what's, what's number two? What, what, what do you default out? So if you can't pellet grill, what are you using next? Uh, number two is probably, I'd have to say the Weber performer, charcoal, hmm. um, maybe Blackstone. It depends what I want to cook. Right? Sure. Yeah. I have, yeah. uh, I have nine grills total. Okay. Yeah. And, <laughs> Told you. Yeah, and counting. <laughs> it's uh, um, do you have a big grill. patio or like where, where do you? And then the winter, do you have to store them? I mean, how's that work? Yeah, I don't use them all all winter. Some of them are fairly low temperature cooking, so they don't right. run well. Like it gets minus forty up here. So right, right. Minus right. forty Celsius is the same as minus forty Fahrenheit. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's minus cold. <laughs> yeah, it's minus cold. Little it, tiny it flames. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And low and slow doesn't work when it's that cold, right? I no. mean, yeah. Not it's efficiently you, anyway. You have to choose right. your grill properly. Right. So right. if I want to do low and slow, I either have to use a pellet grill with a blanket, I use my Brawl King that's got double layers, or I use my egg that has is insulated. A Komodo, right? Would yeah. An insulated. Do you have an insulated, Sean? Do you have an insulated grill? I have the Traeger has, I've got an insulated blanket for it. Okay. Um, the smaller cabinet one, I wrap an old uh, welding blanket and a moving blanket around it, but it only, it only goes up to about 200 degrees Fahrenheit and I keep an eye on it and it's, it hasn't burnt yet. So. Oh, good. I don't yeah. recommend everybody doing that, but you do what you have to do when it's really cold. And Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I, I remember my first winter. I was a California kid in my first winter in Nebraska, and I was trying to grill in the middle of the winter, and I just could not, like, I just couldn't get the grill hot enough to even, and it does weird temperature swings, and, you know, we I, we were on a uh, north-facing porch, and it, so the wind would come through. I mean, it was just, it was, but but still not as bad, I'm sure, as what, what you guys face there up north. So it, it's, it gets cold. Yeah. 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 But snow is actually a really good insula- insulator. Yeah. yeah. You true. just build a little wall around the, the grill and shovel a little uh, path and you're good. Yeah. Do you have it's kind of a, igloo? Do you have a deck or like a back patio that they're all out on? How do you, or, or do you keep them in a shed during the winter or how do you manage? Some, some of them are definitely in the shed. The pellet okay. grill I keep on the deck it's the go-to grill in the winter time. Yeah. Most of them I don't use all winter. Um, a few of them are off in the yard. They're not really safe to be burning on the deck. They're a little bit more chance of flare-ups and out-of-control fires. And yeah. 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 So, but yeah, the pellet grill is about four feet from my door, so I can run out when it's really cold, throw food on, run back in, and I can see the temperature from inside the house. Yeah. I don't well, even have to stand outside. I think everybody tells me that has one, like it just changes everything because you can just set a temperature. Like you're not guessing, you know, you're not guessing on that. You can set a temp. It stays that temp for the most part. Right. And then the the haters will call it an easy bake oven. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey. and, and you know what? I I have no pro- It's I always cut my lawn tonight. I walk beside the house and I go, oh, somebody's got a wood fire going. Yeah. It was my wife lighting my pellet grill. <laughs> so two things. One, she wouldn't light a charcoal pit and she won't light a gas barbecue because it scares her. But she has no problem going out there and turning on the pellet grill. And second, she cooked dinner on it while I was cutting the lawn, which she wouldn't have done on either the other two. And it still smelled like wood smoke. Yeah. Yeah. No, right on. I, I just, everybody says they're just drop dead easy. And so, you know, I keep thinking, I thought maybe this would be the summer I picked one up. So Mark, I'll get, I have to get you uh, working on uh, the Omaha marketplace. Yeah. The marketplace for me so I can find one. Sean, you, uh, you mentioned it in the beginning of the show, you spent some time, like you weren't happy when you started getting into grilling, you were not happy with, with seasonings and rubs. And of course, then everybody just decides like, well, I'm just going to make my own, right? <laughs> when they do that. So tell me a little bit about, I mean, as you started, so you kind of discovered like, oh my God, I can't, I can't eat it. It's too salty. So, so how does one kind of go about kind of starting to make their own kind of rub? It's um, definitely comes down to personal preference. Um, I'm not a big salt fan. I don't even use, I don't even have a salt shaker with salt in it i'd never table salt i don't put it on any of my meals so the a lot of the commercial brands were very salty and i'm like all right i need to figure out how to make this without all the salt in it and so i start playing around start watching a lot of barbecue videos and a lot of experimenting and i still to this day do a lot of experimenting i'm like i wonder what happens if i add a little bit of this or if i do this and after quite a few years of experimenting, it's you get kind of a knack for it. Um, the benefit of making your own rubs is there's no limit to what you can put in it. Sure. I make a lot of rubs where I used uh, freeze-dried, say, raspberries. I'll grind them up. I'll add salt, pepper, raspberries, and I'll put that on wings or chicken or pork. It depends... And it's hard to go to the grocery store and buy something that's, you know, raspberry flavored that's not artificial or um, actually bad for you. It's nice to eat things that are good for you. Yeah, it's kind of organic from that standpoint, right? You, it's what do they call it? Clean. Uh, you're you're making out of of it out of real ingredients, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah, and if you look at the um, the ingredients on a lot of rubs just like most foods, you can't even identify half the ingredients in the product. So like, do I really want this? I can't pronounce it. So I'm not sure I want (laughs) to eat it. And when you start digging and researching and experimenting, you don't really need all that stuff. A lot of it is flavor enhancers. Um, A lot of it is flavor enhancers that cut the production cost down because they're out to make money, right? Sure. Sure. They want it to taste good, so they'll throw MSG in it or yeah. a little bit of this or a little bit of that. And at the end of the day, they care about what's in their pockets. Right, it's, right. Does it sell? Right. Who picks yeah. it up? Um, and sometimes it's about stable products. I mean, it takes a long time to get a product to market. Sometimes it may sit on a shelf for a while. And so they've got a, you know, some of the stuff some of the methods you use may not survive uh, as long as it takes to get some of that. And maybe some of it will. So maybe we'll talk about that here in a second. Do you, um, 
so like that's actually right now that's actually a really popular market this idea of clean or organic or farm to fork more, yeah right do you, do you find um as you've been putting these together do you find like that could be a niche that you could get into and and you know kind of drive sales with it um i don't really i don't think of that as um on the sales part of it. I like making rubs for people to enjoy them. Yeah. And if I get rich off them, I will, but that's not my goal. Yeah. My goal is yeah. Yeah. just like going over to a friend's place, good time, sit down, have a good meal, you know, a good drink, a good laugh and quality products. Yeah. They, uh, yeah, it's nice to, I don't know. Well, I think, I think you're on to something. I'm just going to say, you know, I think as we think about that idea of it being, there's, you know, less ingredients or having real ingredients. And then I think there's, you know, there's a lot of people like who can't take a lot of salt and, you know, that that's their only option if they're going to do this kind of grilling, smoking, barbecuing, they don't have a lot of choices. And I think, you know, in the future, as you're thinking about marketing this, I think, as a salt free or low salt or low sodium, yep. whatever they want to say. I think there's a real advantage there to that. Cause I think yep. there's a lot. Oh, of definitely. Yeah. I had a customer long, probably about two years ago that um, I was doing flooring for them and we started talking about barbecue and he had a bad reaction to garlic mm. in any way, shape or form. He couldn't have it at all. So that meant he couldn't have ketchup because ketchup has garlic in it. The amount of things that he could not eat was mind boggling. Oh. And I'm like, yeah, I guess that many or garlic is in that many products. So <laughs> I said, well, I can make you ketchup or barbecue sauce with no garlic in it. I just add, you know, add the ingredients and skip out on the garlic. Yeah. yeah. But that was a bit of an eye opener. Cause I'm like, there's a lot of people that can't have any sugar. Right. Trying to find barbecue sauce that is sugar-free, that is still tasty, is hard to do in your grocery store. Yeah. Do you, do you have to worry about gluten at all? Is Does that show up? Because that's the other product. You know, a lot of folks are gluten-free. Does gluten show up in any of the stuff that you do? Um, some of the products do, but I try not to... Um, I try not to use them if I don't have to. Sure. Yeah. But yeah. if I do use them, and a lot of it is in the the smoke flavoring. Like go mm. buy a hickory powder, which is just a flavored like they take corn flour and they smoke it. Mm. So you know, a little sprinkle of that in the rub is it's delicious, but it's not incredibly healthy. So I do seek out, and I'm still, every day I learn stuff. I'm finding new products that, you know, taste like one thing but are another. Yeah. I just discovered a powder or a fruit. It's called a lacuma fruit. And I've never heard of the lacuma fruit before. And as I started reading about it, I'm like, wow, this is a really, what they call a superfood. And it's a sweetener. So they dry it out. They grind it up, just like Splenda and all these products. Mm -hmm. And it's a natural um, food sweetener hmm. with none of the harmful chemicals that, you know, processed sugars have. Right. So right. I think we just started buying that for home for, uh, my wife's coffee. The, uh, the lacuma. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not bad. Bag 
Yeah, I, it tastes like sugar. Yep. Like you can actually try it, and it tastes like sugar. Yeah, mm. it's kind of like a it's an icing sugar. Like the stuff that I have is it's a powdery form, but it, it was pretty sweet. I haven't figured out how to incorporate it into a seasoning or a rub yet, but I'm still working on it. Mark said when we were talking about having you on, he said that you you're you've been working on getting more smoke flavoring in some of the rubs. So for folks who don't have a smoker but want that smoke flavor, um, uh, they could get it through through a rub like that. Are you uh, like you you just mentioned that that one method? How are you doing it? Yeah. Um, well, part of it is I smoke a lot of the ingredients prior. So I will smoke the garlic, I'll oh, smoke the paprika, the onion powder. Um, like I said, I can buy products that are like the smoked corn um, powder. A little bit of that goes a really long way. It's They make a liquid version, like a liquid smoke, yeah. which mm-hmm. is pretty nasty, actually. The powders actually taste a little bit better than the liquid does. Yeah. But it's the same idea. It's just a concentrated smoke flavor. Yeah. So one of the biggest arguments, and I saw it in one of the com- comments here, is people think that the pellet grilling is either cheating or it doesn't taste smoky enough. Mm. Um, it is a lighter flavor, but that depends at the temperature you're cooking. If you cook on a pellet grill at a really low temperature, you're going to get a lot more smoke flavor than you will at, say, 300 or 350. The more efficient the wood burns, the less smoke you have. Mm. So a higher temperature, you have a more efficient burn. So going with the sales trends and how popular pellet grills are becoming, I'm like, well, people are complaining that they don't have enough smoke flavor. Well, I can help add that in you know, the seasoning. And a lot of people that live in condominiums or apartments complexes that are not allowed to run smokers they're limited to a you know a propane grill or even their kitchen their kitchen uh, stove so if you make a seasoning that tastes like it came off the barbecue just because of the the smoked ingredients in it you get it's not the full effect but it's pretty close yeah no not not bad i don't know um, in your region, but for us here, at least in Omaha, and I think it's pretty common around the United States, apartments are going up like crazy, like just yes, around here too. Yeah. And nuts. And so <clears throat> Sean, as you, as you say that, I'm like, oh yeah, you know, there are my, you know, my kids lived in apartments when they first moved out and they were limited on what they could grill. My oldest son loves to grill, but he had very <laughs> limited capabilities. So yeah, that's Sean. That's a great idea to kind of think through like, okay, you know, how do we get a little more flavor in there and get that smoky flavor? Do you do you just do that on your pellet grill or when, when you're smoking these ingredients? You just throw it all in there and smoke it? Or do you have a... Do I do. A um, I have what they call a Bradley smoker, okay. which is um, it smokes or it uses little wood pucks. It looks like a little mini beer fridge. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I use that, and I also have a cabinet smoker is both of those have shelves. I can open the door and put, you know, six shelves of different spices on. On a pellet grill or on my Traeger, it's just like your barbecue. It's one open grate. You can't put a whole lot of spices. You can kind of stack them. But the the cabinet smoker, because it's um, I'm not cooking the spices, 
I just mm-hmm. want the smoke flavor imparted mm-hmm. it. They both run very low temperatures. Mm-hmm. Um, on the Bradley, you can unplug the heating element. So there's just a little hot plate where the, the, uh, the wood sits and smolders on, mm-hmm. and the temperature stays quite low. So um, It's almost cold smoking. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty much the same as cold smoking. Um, the, yeah, probably the cabinet style ones again for the amount that I can do in one time. It's a good electric. They're discs. Do the discs. So those are the, um, the discs determine what kind of wood it is. Right. So if, whether you get hickory smoke or whatever. Do you have a do you have a preferred smoke or, or or wood flavor that you like for for doing this, or do you experiment with a bunch of them? A lot of it depends on the flavors, or sorry, what you're smoking. Mm-hmm. I personally prefer um, a mixture of apple and hickory. I love the taste of hickory wood, um, and the apple adds a little bit of sweetness to it. Um, a lot of woods like mesquite are pretty strong. So they, if you're doing garlic or say paprika, it'll overpower the taste of the paprika. Mm. Um, so I do usually probably the lighter, the woods, I'll do a few spices or a few things with the heavier smoke, but the average person doesn't want you know, everybody's taste is a little bit different, Yeah. yeah. but some of the stronger woods are a little bit too much. Some people who aren't used to smoke foods will bite into something and it'll be really bitter or sour or so start again. You have to get them addicted first, do something where (laughs) it's just a hint of smoke. And then as they get used to it or accustomed to the flavor, then you can increase the, uh, the intensity of yeah it. kind of bring it on my wife is not a fan of smoking like it when i tell her i'm going to smoke this she goes do you have to you know and i do it anyways because yep. <laughs> that's what i do but but she's that's she's that's not her favorite mark do you have one do you have a um a beer fridge smoker no and, okay so and then what's your preferred when you think about wood to smoke with what's your preferred or what do you like to do I tend to go for the competition ones, which are typically a mix of like oak, apple, cherry, walnut. Um, that's probably the biggest four. Um, I can't really tell the difference in flavors. I can tell the difference in the smoke flavor. Like the, the, the sense, the, the smell of the smoke when it's coming out of the smoker smells different. Yeah. Like I've done that before with um, barrel staves out of a wine barrel on my charcoal. Mm-hmm. And you can actually smell the wine coming through the smoke, but I don't know how much that went into the actual meat, but it yeah. smelled really, really it good. Delicious. That sounds yes. like I want to quit the show right now and go out and fire up some of those. Just smell them. Like not even put any meat on, you know, it, it's uh, I, everybody, like I said before, everybody jokes about the fact that it's like an easy bake oven, but I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, I use my charcoal significantly less than I use my pellets. I'll go through probably 400 pounds of pellets a year. Um, I've got the same three bags of charcoal for the last two years. And luckily, because right now you can't buy charcoal up here. Um, charcoal is... really. There's actually Facebook groups trying to help people find charcoal in Ottawa. Because it's like, okay, we got a skid. Okay, it's gone. Uh, but I can get pellets from a number of different places, including from Sean. 
So it, it's, uh, I typically have three or 400 pounds of pellets on my shelf. Um, charcoal will disappear at some stores as soon as it came out because when during COVID, everybody is, is, uh, starting to play around with cooking outside again. Yeah, well, and sure. charcoal, charcoal is one of the big ones that went through. Yeah, lots of uh, lots of drinking, lots of grilling went on. I mean, I think everybody went out went out uh, and started doing that for sure. I, I actually think I grilled less during the pandemic than I don't know why. No reason. I just didn't. I, I did. Like I, I went less. down because I'm not entertaining. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there there you go. Yeah. We, yeah. we there's only my wife and I, so we share a lot of our food. We'll cook for a lot of people. Right. Um, right. And then cool. we're not entertaining we're not cooking as much for ourselves you were going to a lot of classes you were like it was very much a part i mean i watched you on facebook and you'd post something and then all your neighbors would be like okay what time is dinner when can i come over do i need to bring beer you know those kinds of things i was seeing those comments yeah those that that store actually closed they went uh they went bankrupt Ah, so no more classes but well maybe it was it was a great that was a great way to spend a friday night yeah no, it's 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 been interesting to see those habits, Sean. In, in the as you think about kind of coming out as we and I know you guys are, it I say coming out of the pandemic and yet you're you guys are still in lockdown right now for what's going on locally. But as you think about summer and fall, does that get you? Do, do oh, well? Let me ask you: Did you grill as much this last year as you normally would? Did you grill more? I definitely grilled less. Um, same reason as Mark wasn't, uh, hosting or entertaining before the pandemic on an average weekend, there would be 12 to 14 people here Mm. that I was cooking for. And now we're down to immediate family, which is Mm -hmm. three. Mm -hmm. So those nine extra people, um, don't fill up the other grills. So now I got a lot of grills sitting out in the yard. It's like, Oh geez, I haven't (laughs) used you for two years. And has it get, has it given you some time to think about the rub work or did it get it set back? Cause you didn't have as much, you know, much food to kind of test it on. Um, It definitely set back because the other benefit of having or cooking for 12 to 14 people is I do a lot of experimenting um, so I'll just whip something up on the spot and they'll be like, well, what'd you think of that? They'll be like, oh, it was amazing. And I'm like, oh, okay. A couple of years ago, I never used to track what I did. I would just make something and it would be good. And they're like, we'll make that again. And I'm like, I don't know what I did. And mm-hmm. so friends and family and my wife were hounding me. You got to start writing this down. You got to start writing this down. And as they started getting people, it's like, wow, make this, do this, do this. Can I have some of this? They were asking and following me around and tracking me down on Facebook. And I'm like, yeah, I should start selling some of this. And uh, that's kind of how it took off. But it has definitely slowed with the pandemic. It is hard to to be rolling forward when we're technically not allowed to leave our house. Right, right. You know, I have to go to a friend and I'm like, here, try this. And I'm like, but don't come near me. I'll mail it to you. <laughs> yeah. It's, it doesn't have the same effect as sitting with somebody and kind of like what we're doing now. It's right. different if we were sitting around a table eating and enjoying it as we're talking about it. Right. To me, it's just a different atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to that, to that point, uh, Sean and a buddy of his, that we both know is talking about doing a YouTube barbecue tour. 
So go to different people's houses and actually film them doing barbecue or get a couple of guys together on somebody's driveway doing barbecue and putting it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I think it'll be interesting to see as we, as we come out of the pandemic, that maybe some new ideas come out of this kind of thing of like, you know, we can, we could do things differently in a different kind of way. I don't know. You know, Sean, when you think about, okay, so for, for the average guy, cause that's, you know, that's my site. I'm the average guy network, right? As we think about the average guy, and I'm going to grill some chicken on the weekend, right? And I got some chicken breasts, and you know, I've maybe in the past I've just put a little, maybe a little marinade on it, or some Italian dressing, or salt and pepper. Like if if you were to give some advice for for folks to try something new with chicken, as far as a rub goes, or um, or even, I don't know, uh, do you do marinates as well? Do you, do you marinate stuff that way? Or yeah. is you, are you, I do a lot of marinating. A lot of it depends on how I'm cooking the product. Yeah. Um, smoking being low and slow. If you put, say your chicken on the barbecue and put it on really low and came back five hours later, it wouldn't be very tasty. It dries out. So there's a lot of preparation involved in cooking stuff at lower temperature and retaining moisture and the flavor in it. Part of that is seasoning, what they call a dry brine, adding salt to it um, will create a layer on the outside of almost like searing Mm -hmm. and it'll help keep the juices locked inside. But um, as for cooking the chicken, it all depends, you know, every person is different. Yeah. We'll I'll be in say, my kitchen and I'm like, oh, I'm going to throw some Greek yogurt. I'm like, maybe I'll put some orange in there and some lemon and, uh, oh, here, let's throw some dill pickle chips in. Whatever's in front of me, I just kind of experiment and put it in. And usually it comes out pretty good. Sometimes yeah. it's not the greatest, but. <laughs> what have you, what have you found recently? Like what was something you've tried in the last six months that you thought, uh, I don't know, I'm just going to give it a try. And then you were like, man, this is pretty good. What do, you, what do you think? Um, last weekend, actually, I started yeah. playing around with um, smoking and flavoring different salts. So I was watching another video where he was taking like fresh garlic and fresh, or he used fresh garlic, mixed it in with salt, spread it out, dried it, and smoked it. And I'm like, that's a pretty good idea. And I looked in the kitchen, and I'm like, well, so I tried the garlic, and I'm like, I don't want just garlic. So I added some fresh um, chilies to it, and then I'm like, oh, maybe some ginger. Put that all in, and that, put that like out. Like a whole ginger? Did you, like, peel it? And I just and... took a chunk off okay. and threw it in the, the blender. So as I was doing that, waiting for the blender to finish blending all this stuff, I looked down, there was oranges. And I'm like, I wonder what happens if I do that with an orange. So the second batch, I put a full orange. I took the zest off it, the outside peel. Sure. Took the sure. took the um, you know the membrane off. I peeled it, threw it in the blender. Just kept pouring salt in until it became like a paste. And I'm like, do do do. I spread it out over the grill and threw it in the smoker. So once it was dried and a little bit smoke flavored, you take the granules of the salt. And they taste like orange, like an orange flavor. Huh. I haven't figured out what to do with it yet. Well, like you know, maybe chicken. a marinade for chicken yeah, or a marinade, that, but that'd be like a grilled orange chicken, which would yep. be pretty delightful. Or cocktail dressing. 
Yeah. Like a cocktail rumor. Yeah. This weekend I'm going to try it with, uh, I'm going to do a batch with pineapple, like real pineapple, lime and the salt. I'll smoke that until it's dries down to a powder. And then I'm going to try a uh, raspberry and a lime one. Okay. Hold on. So when you say smoke it to a powder, so like, what are you putting? So this is a liquid, you're blending it up. And then what do you put it in and how long does it need to be in the smoker to get dried to a powder? I spread it out on parchment paper. All right. And um, the smoker technically is the same as a food dehydrator. It's just a low heat. Right. And so the salt, the garlic one took uh, about two and a half hours. And I think the orange one was about four hours. Um, and the temperature was around 200, 225 degrees, but, um, so you're basically dehydrating a paste. Yeah. 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 And like, so with the garlic, you're, you're grinding that garlic up into the paste, right? You're using a food processor to to grind that in. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I put the garlic, like I peeled the garlic and just put the whole cloves into the blender. Throw it in there, blend it up. Yep. Hmm. Now with that batch. I added a little bit of vinegar to it and a little bit of water to to add a bit of moisture to it. And then I used the salt to take the moisture out of it again. Right, but, right. But you're saying two to four hours, generally. For doing that, no, yeah. For that kind of, that. So then you get this dry paste, basically, right? Takes all the water out. Yep. And then what? What do I do with that paste? Do I just slap it right on the chicken? Uh, no, the paste will be dried out, almost like okay. a chocolate chip cookie. Okay. So you just take the, mm-hmm. I fold the parchment paper in half, and you just squish it, break it back up into the granules. You could put it into a spice grinder or even a food processor, mm-hmm. turn it back into the powder. Um, but if you wanted to do a paste, you could do the similar thing. You could add your garlic, a little bit of olive oil, um, you know, fresh chives and stuff like that. Put it in your blender, turn it on, and just slowly keep adding the oil until it uh, everything chops up and blends. And then you could just smear that on any of your food, your chicken. and Yeah. Go, then go oh. right to the smoker from there? Yep. If you yep. use a little bit of acid, that would be another marinade too. Like if you put yeah. some lemon juice into it or something with it, then you're getting into another acid. So when you're marinating it, it's actually cooking it a little bit. Sean, you said when you're, so like, let's say an orange, I'm going to use the orange as acid. You're taking the rind off and you're grinding up the, the pulp part of the orange, right? Yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You, and you, the rind. And the, and the rind as well? Yes. Cause there's a lot of flavor in yeah. the rind. Yeah. Right. So um, the orange itself, once you add, you know, the salt and the amount of moisture in it, Orange isn't a very strong flavor on its on its own, so the rind definitely helps kick in the uh, the flavor of it. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> you got my you got my head turning on this now. I'm like, uh, Sarah is really good at like um, oil based marinades. So you know, making uh when we whenever we do a steak or a chicken she'll you know she'll do an oil base we'll put it in whatever that is she you know Worcestershire and all kinds of good stuff goes in there right they're delicious but i never thought of uh of drying those out to make dry rubs out of them 
Yeah, well, that's kind of the the direction that I'm going. For the people that are marinating, I'm taking the marinade and I'm just powdering it. Yeah. Like you can buy powdered peanut butter. You can buy you can buy powdered Worcester sauce. Yeah. Um, You can buy powdered honey, and it all tastes. Yeah. 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 So my theory and my goal here is for somebody who comes home from work, doesn't have time to go out and buy fresh garlic and fresh this and the oil, blend it all together and smear it on. They want something they can just reach over, sprinkle it on and get the same flavor out of it. Yeah. So it's pretty exciting and it is interesting and it's fun experimenting with the different flavors. Yeah. yeah I bet. Have you ever made one and you're like, oh, this is awful. <laughs> Is Not yet. Okay. There, I think about it all the time, though. I yeah. make a lot with really hot peppers, and as I'm making it, I'm like, "This is gonna hurt." I'm like, "Why am I putting myself through this torture?" Um, oh, I want to. I all of a sudden want to get this. Every show we do this now, like, <laughs> I want to go. Get some get some meat out of the freezer and uh, and and start grilling and and smoking some stuff. So, um, so. What is you think about the future? You're trying out a whole bunch of these different things. Do you think you'll are you gonna land on a few of these things and try and and make a entrepreneurial run at this? Oh definitely. I want to um definitely want to start with just like the rubs and the seasonings and then slowly expand. Um get back into doing the sauces, do actual pre um, packaged marinades where you just kind of like what you see in the grocery store, you just pour it in and let it sit. And yeah. they're, um, Super I don't handy, know, it's right? fun, it's exciting. And hopefully, open an actual like little barbecue store someday yeah. Yeah. where people can come in, get advice, get cooking tips, or get expert advice on a product that they want to buy. Yeah. Because a lot of grills now and everything seems to be leading to big box stores Mm -hmm. and a lot of the employees don't really know the products that they're selling so it's um i don't know a small town i like to it's nice to be able to help people buy Mm -hmm. what they actually want and i've gone into many stores looking for barbecue accessories. One of the nine grills breaks down and I need a part (laughs) and I can't find it. And I'm like, why can I not find this part? So hopefully I'll uh, have a little store like that where people can come in and buy stuff. Nice. Not have to search, not get frustrated. And a lot of the stuff will also deliver. Like I do distribute the pellets and I'll take them right to the person. So somebody's cooking on a Saturday afternoon. They're like, oh, I've had way too many beer. I'm running out of pellets. I can't go and drive. Right, you know, right. I'll bring them to them. Nice. It's, uh, and it's not about the money. It's I know what it's like being in a position. And I'm like, oh, ran out of this. And, you know, make a phone call that shows up at the door. It's, yeah. uh, it's a well, good when, feeling. When and Mark calls you, right? When Mark calls you and says he's run out of pellets, is that how it doesn't happen? (laughs) No. (laughs) Do you do you make Sean? Do you make pellets as well then, or do you do blends of pellets or anything like that? No, I don't. I just distribute for a uh, a local Canadian company here. Um, 
They're really good products. They're fresh. Definitely tasty. Um, that's a whole different ball game. Yeah. All the different uh, pellet manufacturers and companies and what's in them and what's not in them. And yeah. some of them are a little bit deceiving, but uh, with a really good quality pellet and a little bit of knowledge, cooking on the pellet grill is very close to cooking on either an offset smoker or charcoal, assuming it's done properly. Mm-hmm. And a lot easier. Yeah, and definitely a lot easier. Yeah. It's uh, There's a real art to holding a fire on a windy day when it's raining at 150 degrees. Mm-hmm. The temperature swings and the heat swings are up and down and they're all over the place. And As I get older, I'm like, you know what? I love smoked food, but I also love to be sitting in my couch right now having a beer while my food is cooking. Right, right. You know, yeah. when it's raining. When it's nice and sunny, I'll sit out in the deck and I'll mm-hmm. sit there and poke the fire as I'm cooking and enjoy the aromas. But it's pretty rare that I have the opportunity to do that. And mm-hmm. I think most people are getting to that. Life gets pretty hectic and busy and kids running here and yeah. wanting to go there. So, Mark, do you feel like um, we are, you know, you know, you guys are in a little bit of a, a, a you know, a, a lockdown at the moment, but as we think about maybe towards the end of the summer, do you think you get back into kind of a rhythm or a routine where you're doing more of that stuff? I would have people over tomorrow if we were yeah. able to. Yeah. Well, you can't, but as you think about the, do you think people will come over? Um, oh, when, oh yeah. Okay. Before this last lockdown. So late, last year i guess it was or actually uh yeah late last year um we would have friends over and we just did the social distancing thing we would spend the six or eight feet apart and um we'd have dinner where we'd bring out the cooked food and and uh actually i think easter was just before the last lockdown and we did a separated dinner where we brought over some plates they had some plates and and we ate together but we ate 15 feet apart yeah yeah um but no, it's I enjoy cooking for people more than I enjoy cooking for myself. And I'll try doing opposite and stuff that I just won't do for myself. It's just not worth the bother. But um, I did get one of the friends. We have, we have a, a close um, family that lives two hours away from us that my wife has known her for. I think my wife's known this friend for 45 years. Um, and they're in Montreal. So we go down to see them typically once a year. They come to see us for once a year. I got him into pellet cooking last summer and he was a diehard gas would never go away from gas. I gave him a charcoal that I found off of Craigslist four years ago. He tossed out his gas grill last year and went and bought himself a pellet grill because he didn't use it. He hadn't used the gas in four years. And every weekend almost now I'm getting something else. I tried this. I tried that. I tried it. And he is just having a blast with it. Yeah, no, I know. I'm a gas guy. You know, I use the the tube for smoking. So I, the magic tube, is that what it's called? Smoking tube. Amazing smoking tube. tube. Amazing. That's, 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 amazing that's, tube. The amazing tube. And I've gotten pretty good at it, like knowing how to how to set it in there and how, how hot to get it so it'll burn slowly all the way through. I've gotten pretty good at it. But I'm still definitely, you know, still a grill guy. Not, not, not for any reason, but I'm just lazy. <laughs> you know, I haven't bought, a, I haven't put eight or a thousand dollars into a pellet grill yet. So, have you done any uh, smoked cheese with your uh, smoking tube yet? No, I should. 
I, I did the batch in yeah. December and I did a batch in March, I think. Yeah. And the batch in March, I think, was uh, 12 pounds or 16 pounds. And I'm about to start digging into that. And one batch of that was actually double smoked. So I, I re-smoked some stuff I smoked nice. in November. Nice. Nice. Well, like I said, Sarah is not a huge fan. My wife's not a huge fan of smoke flavor all the time. So, you know, I sneak it in uh, where I can. And it's usually in the meat. Hey, speaking of meat, for you guys, has have you seen a spike in meat prices? Has that has there been have they, has it gotten more expensive for you guys? We're getting cheap brisket. Hmm. Well, that's good. Three dollars a pound for brisket now. Okay. Well, why do you think that is? Why is it cheaper than it was before? People know about it. Oh. It's, it's getting more. It used to be really hard to try and find it. Yeah. Now we can buy it at Costco, and most of the grocery chains have it. Um. But yeah, overall, groceries as a whole are are going up. Yeah, I saw a lot of ribs. I went into the store the other day, and there was just a ton of ribs, and so I, that was, and they were cheap. I mean, there were a couple. They were they were not expensive at all. So on the whole, Sean, have you seen any change in in meat prices, or have it has it stayed kind of the same for you? Because I know early in the pandemic, we were kind of worried that we were going to run out of meat. But yeah, I think a lot of it fluctuates. But like Mark yeah. said, they they're definitely targeting a lot more meats. And newer cuts of meat are becoming more popular, mm. um, especially for grilling. The brisket, for example, was not really a popular meat. You couldn't put it in your ro- in your oven and cook it as a roast. It would yeah. turn out hard as a rock. Um, lots of new cuts. Well, not new, but new to the grocery stores now are mm-hmm. Brazilian cuts, like what they call pecana which is the top sirloin or the top of the top of the sirloin roast. And they cut it at a different angle and it's delicious. Hmm. And I'd never heard of that. And I'm like, well, I love beef. And how have I not heard about this after (laughs) 45 years of eating beef, 47 years of eating. It used to be called a butcher's cut. So the butcher would save it for themselves because they knew what it was, but nobody would ask for it. Ah, There you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And like we're finding, like I'll buy brisket now and grind it up and make my own ground beef rather than go and buy ground beef. Because yeah. you make a brisket burger, a ground beef brisket burger, instead of going out and buying the ground beef to make a burger. Do you have and an is, a hand grinder or do you do an you have an electric kit, grinder? A KitchenAid mixer with oh, a yeah. grinder oh, attachment on it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. I got one of those. We've never used it for that, but that sounds delicious. It, it's wow. you get the right. So I would take the five or six pounds of lean off the end of it, off the flat and make that right. into jerky. Right. And then whatever's left after that, I would grind up to make brisket beef. Yeah. Ground brisket. Mm. You guys are bad for me. I'm just going to say you guys are bad. Like every, every time the Sean, the whole reason we have this show twice a year with Mark is just to get like an infusion of, okay, I got to go grill <laughs> and I got to go grill. Now we get done with this. I am, I'm thinking, God, I want to. I want to go grill right now. Yeah. Well, so. each each year it's becoming um, more and more tech savvy too. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can turn yeah. my barbecue on and I can yeah. control it from my smartphone. I can be thirty miles away from home and control my cook and see exactly what it's yeah. doing. And yeah. it's computerized. Yeah. It's more gadgety. More gadgety, yeah. and like Mark said, you know, the instant read thermometer. 
you stick a little pin in your food and boom, there's the temperature. Right, right. It's for precision cooking. It makes a world of difference. And for pulling pork off when it's done and not when it's overdone. Right. Right. Like 145 yeah. degrees and you're pulling the thing off and, and yeah, that's Mark. That's if there's one thing you've taught me is how to cook for temperature. And then the, if, if I think if I put it in, I think, Oh, I'm going to give it another minute or two. That's when I pull it off. Like, and now I have an immediate reaction. I'm like, nope. If that, if I had that thought of, oh, two or three more minutes, that means pull it off right now. It's going to rest and raise. Yeah. 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 That has saved me, Mark. You've, you've taught me and saved me and so many. We did steaks this last weekend. I got bacon wrapped sirloins and had the kids over and I put those on and I was doing just that. I was like, oh, maybe I'll give it, you know, we were alone slowing them and, 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 just taking my time. And I was like, man, maybe I'll give it a, nope, they're off. <laughs> as soon as I have that thought, they're off. And man, they were so delicious. Like it was just so, the kids were like, oh, this is awesome. And they were just a little five ounce. That's the other thing that I have, you know, I used to always do eight, uh, eight ounce uh, steaks. And I've started going down to five and it just seems to be a better portion. Uh, my wife and, and I'll take a strip line and we'll split it in half. Yeah. Not that we couldn't eat the whole thing, but we, we tend to yeah. make it thicker thicker steaks right. but shorter. Right. Yeah, no, I've just I've I've found the portion is just is just the right kind of the right thing. Of course we always just buy them with you know, we buy them at the grocery store with bacon wrapped in there. Okay. Sean, you mentioned a pen. So let's let's transition into this because a a thermo pen or a uh, instant read thermometer. I told everybody I was going to buy one on the show uh, because you know, I have to be quiet. I have to. I can't say this too loud. I think Sarah's in the next room. She's buying. She bought a really crappy one, so I keep breaking them. Right, and and I've gotten a couple different kinds that haven't been really that good. Like they're okay, but they haven't been that good. In the last couple, I broke. So I was like, and then she bought me one, and it's like a. It's not Insta. It's um, take as long as a month to read thermometer. Like you put all, it in all your heat, all your heat leaves the barbecue. <laughs> it's gone. It's gone. It's usually taking minutes and I'm like, okay, I, I don't need this. So, um, I told everybody I would buy, this would be the, this would be the night I buy a new one. We looked at a couple products. Um, of course the high end on this and Sean, you're a big fan of thermo works and, and these thermo pens, uh, hundred bucks, Really great pens. Yep. The MK4. I'm not sure. I don't know if I see that display. Yeah, the blue one. This, this, this blue one right here. Okay. Because yep. they do have, they have the classic and the MK4. So the classic, the differences between the classic and the MK4. The classic one is water resistant. It's not waterproof. And it doesn't have the backlight timer. So if it's getting dark out, you won't be able to see the light. Mm. On it. Mm. So the MK4 is actually waterproof and has the light, like the background light. There's also the uh, Thermopop, too. I have one of those, too. Thermopop? Yeah. If you under shop again. Okay. Yeah, they were the little round guys when you went to the yeah. homepage, I think. They were on the oh. homepage. Okay. Uh, Let's go Thermopens. We'll, we'll go to the back. Uh, this one right here. 
These? No, that's uh, that's a different one again. Oh, okay. Um, similar to that, though. I don't know why I didn't think about looking for that before. No, that's all right. Um, Thermo thermal works pop, unless they don't make them anymore. What does it do? Thermal thermal pop. It's the same thing, but it's it's an all in one unit. It's called the thermal pop at thirty five bucks. Hmm. Um, it's under sale. If you go under sale, mm, sale. See more. Okay. What happened? Didn't work. Uh, or just go to search and do a search for thermal thermal pop. All right. Oh, here we are. Maybe down here. No, that's the dash. Uh, should be down there. Dash mini. Yeah. Uh, dot. A dot. Uh, zipper pull. This is crazy. How many do they have? Remote. They, you know, okay. F- first of all, so if you're listening to the audio, I know this is not terribly compelling, but if you're on the video, oh my God, there's a ton. They have, I mean, there is a, just a ton of thermometer products that they have. I just sent you the link in the private chat. Oh, okay. Let's let me go over there and I'll grab that. Oh, uh, well, let's see. No. Okay. Let me grab this link. Copy it because StreamYard won't allow that. So we'll put it in there. Okay. So, oh, so I know it now. Okay. It didn't work, Mark. Um, it's okay. The, um, I, I know what you're talking about. It's, it's really just a very, very, very small. Uh, it looks version. like a lollipop. It's, yeah. it's thermal pop because it looks like a lollipop. It's backlit and it's uh, splash resistant. Okay. There we go. So 35 for these. So, Okay, so we're at ninety nine, eighty nine for the the non lighted version of it. They've got a thermopop at thirty five. And that's also, three to four seconds, right? Which right. is similar to what you're about to see right now. So then you you also said, well, I could go with an Inkbird Instant Read from Amazon, twenty three dollars. And um, those are regularly on sale. And you say they're on sale. Well, this one's thirty on sale for tw- for twenty for twenty three. So knowing yeah. I'm a weekend warrior, Sean, I'll ask you first. Knowing I'm a weekend warrior, I don't I don't grill. I mean, I grill some. Uh, you know, maybe once in the summer, maybe one weekend uh, or once a week on the weekend, maybe one time. So uh, you know, so once a week, maybe that's a good average. Uh, but I I do I don't. I can sit for a, you know, I can sit for five seconds to read the temperature. It doesn't have to be instant. Thinking about what what we see here, what what do you like? What what would you recommend, Sean, at this point that uh, that I jump into? The um, the ink birds definitely are good products. They have the backlight. They for the price, um, they work really well, and they're chargeable. Hmm. The uh, the thermopen it takes the little round cell batteries, corn cells, the corn cells. Now it um, they last quite a while, but it is much more convenient to just be able to plug it in, just like your cell phone, and unplug it. And uh, I have, I think I have three of the Inkbird ones, and I've given quite a few friends the same products and. As far as I know, everybody who's tried them has loved them. Mark, do I wait 
to for a sale or at at twenty three bucks is that uh is that gonna is that you gonna, buy one now and you buy one what goes on sale oh there we go that's a good that's a good we'll throw that in the cart because those are great like I gave them to my dad for Christmas we went we went to the cottage last year with them um and I brought my birth thermometer with me so we're doing grilling every night um and I was doing pork chops and I was doing steaks and we're doing sausage and we're doing everything that came off of that thing. When you're cooking for other people, especially you want to make sure that you're not going to, you're making sure it's cooked well enough. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. I use that thing every night. And at the end of it, he looked at me and he goes, how much are those things? And then they came on sale a week later. So I picked one up for him. Um, I've given probably a thermometer to three or four different friends for the same reason that you'd know use one. Mm-hmm. It, it's you cook chicken to 165 you don't cook it to 190 you cook pork to 145 you cook your sausage to 165 like you, you're cooking everything to the temperature where it's just done not where it's shoe leather right right yeah well it's on its way it'll be here saturday so that uh that'll help get me through i like your idea of i should probably have two so wait uh, watch and see and then at some point maybe pick up a second one um, i think i, I like have the, four or five i like the orange color too because it's, it's harder to lose yeah exactly yeah. i've had gray and black and man those things just blend into all the other and uh, usb-c yeah. charging yep so it charges by the usb-c the battery lasts yeah. for a while it's backlit it's waterproof it, yeah. it's fairly yeah. quick response all right yeah I, yep. within like, three seconds i think yeah Three to five seconds, that's good enough. You know, put it in. That's usually kind of put it in, let it, let it. And I actually kind of move it around, depending on how thick the the meat is. I'll move it into a few spots just to kind of see, okay, is everything, you know, to get, is it, do I have some even temperatures uh, across the meat or whatever? So as we're getting close to the end here, do you want to see some uh, Canadian spokesman food that Sean, Sean's rubbed? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, bring so it up. So this was, uh, we went and got some, uh, actually, I got to pop it up first. Yeah, share your screen with me. We got went to uh, Costco and got some portobello mushrooms. And Sean had just given me some beef rub. Now, you guys, Sean, you guys are in a, you're like in a Facebook group that, that's yeah. how you guys met, is through a Facebook group around. Yeah. Pellet grills. Pellet grills? Okay. okay. Canadian pellet grill owners. Nice. So it's a group, because Canadians have to have issues that Americans don't have, like the price of pellets, the price of brisket, some yeah. real, I think we're 5,500 members now. And everybody on there is Canadian. So it's, um, if you're not, you don't get in. You have to be either live in Canada or be a Canadian citizen or you don't get in. Nice. So, So yeah. these are portobello mushrooms that are stuffed with herb and garlic cream cheese then wrapped in bacon um and then let's see if it won't let me actually have to do this and then um wrapped in bacon then dusted with sean's uh beef rub and he spoke some beef rub and it ended up making like a cream cheese mushroom gravy with garlic and herbs. It was, um, it was a complete experiment that was phenomenal. Mm. You had the crispy crust on the outside. You had the, this ooey gooey, uh, cream cheese, mushroom gravy came out of the middle of it. 
Um, just go through a couple of the other pictures I got yeah, here. No. That was my smoked cheese. So I think that was uh, four different types of smoked cheese or five. Uh, smoked, uh, that was a pulled pork sandwich that we did this summer, this spring. Is that a Tito drink? That was a Caesar. Which is what? It's, it's a Canadian it's like thing. A, it's a very Canadian thing. It's a Bloody Mary <laughs> with clam juice. Oh, yeah. Yikes. It's uh, a Caesar tomato juice. It's phenomenal. Oh my god! Okay, so tomato juice is a big is a big thing up here. It's oh, massive. Yeah. But every region's different, right? They make it a little bit different. Is that right? It's it's is like it? uh, it's like chili. Everybody's okay. got yeah. their own recipe. Yeah. But the yeah. problem is, when you buy this stuff, they sell them in half gallon jugs. So once you open up a half gallon jug of tomato juice, you got to drink it fairly That's quickly. It. You got to get you got to get it done. I think I heard, so I heard Brian Regan. I think he came up and did a HBO comedy special in Canada. I think it no, maybe it was Jim Gaffigan, one of those guys. And I think they were talking about that drink and how different the Caesar. it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this is one I can buy at the LCBO, the, the local liquor store. And it's pre-done and it's a half, it's a half liter can. So I don't have to mix anything. Like I used to, I used to be known for my Caesar. It would be like 15 ingredient Caesar. Now I have one I just buy that I just drink, but I don't have to open up a half gallon drink every time to make it. I like how Sean said it's a Canadian thing. (laughs) You can't buy it in the States. (laughs) Like hockey. It's a, it's a Canadian thing. It's like Tim Hortons. That was a, a massive T-bone that we bought. That this is, We find we do this a lot more with steaks now, too. We buy a big steak and then chop it up into pieces, and then we have, was that, six pieces of steak on our on our plate. Yeah, it's a good way, it's a good way to do it. How, do you, how are you cooking the potatoes there, Mark? Those are Jamie Oliver's roast potato recipe. Okay. So that's a hot pan with lard or shortening in the pan, mm-hmm. heat it up, and then super healthy. My, this is my wife's <laughs> recipe that she does. And then you you boil the potatoes, and then you do what's called fluffing them, which you basically put them in a bowl and toss them around so they get all little fluff edges on them. Yeah, yeah. And then put them onto the hot pan and cook them for mm. about thirty minutes. They look delightful. They look like little potato chips. They are. They're crispy and they're yeah. they're fl- yeah. like. They are not healthy at all, but they are delicious. Yeah, yeah. We we just on the other end now. I just oh. grilled um some potatoes the other day. We just cut them up, olive oil and some spices and stuff, and then uh, tin foil on top of the grill and put them in for an hour, and uh, like at three, I think three hundred, and didn't turn them for about twenty or twenty five minutes. So one side got just the you know got crisp, crisp. Yeah, very crisp. And man, those things, and then we turned them and got them brown on the other sides. And oh, so good. A little rosemary on top after we put well, those, those are, out. I think those potatoes were cooked at 465 mm. in lard, like in a pan of lard. <laughs> super so, healthy. I like super that. Healthy. Super. Sean, are you Sean, are you a potato guy? Do you do you, you also yep, love figure potatoes. out all kinds of different ways to, to get get potatoes in your diet? Almost every day. Yeah, I love yeah. potatoes. Yeah, slice them, dice them, fry them, mash bake them, them, boil yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. We've we've gotten the because we use a lot of HelloFresh. They do a lot of 
of uh, mashed potatoes. And we've gotten pretty good at getting that exactly the way we like it, you know, which is nice and creamy and, you know, the, the different, they send stuff, but we're always adding <laughs> like, Oh no, that's, that's not going to be enough. <laughs> you we know? started adding smoked cheese to our mashed potatoes. Yeah. That was, you get the creamy and the smokiness. And my, my wife did the first time. She's like, wow. Yeah. And it was only like a, one of those bricks of cheese. It was only a half inch by half inch by whatever the height is, three inches mm. that we graded up. But that's that little bit of, of smokiness into the mashed potatoes was phenomenal. Can you, can you smoke a whole potato, Sean? Have you, have you just thrown yep. the whole, the whole thing in the smoker and just let it sit for. Yep. I've hmm, smoked just about everything. Hours. Yeah. I imagine that's a four or five hour cook on smoke of a potato, maybe. Yeah, a lot of times, depending on um, what I'm, what meat I'm making with it, I'll poke a couple holes or yeah, poke a couple holes in the potato, throw it in the microwave for about four minutes, um, just to soften it up a little bit, and then throw it on the smoker. It takes still takes about an hour to go, but yeah, the uh, yeah, a lot of times I'll just uh, slice it up, add it into like a tin foil pouch with butter and olive oil and onions, and mm-hmm. it's good that potatoes are good every way. Yeah, they're no, either, there's no bad way to eat a no, potato no, unless it's undercooked. <laughs> yeah. That's the that's the one. I, I we did potatoes one time, and I just didn't give them enough time, and I, we were just all sad. Everybody was like, "Oh, I really was looking forward to." kind of potatoes i i even like throwing a little if you get them at the very end get them nice and hot and then throw a little bacon on top of them and let that when you get your new little thermometer 212 degrees fahrenheit and your potato is done well that's that's good to know that's the good okay 212 212 that's the perfect finished uh potato temperature yeah, it seemed like the. um, it's funny that you mentioned that it seems like the other day i was cooking something non-meat related and I asked the, the girls, you know, we were at dinner and I said, um, do you think there's a perfect temperature for that in the grill? And I'm trying to remember what that was. Well, 212 is a boiling point of water, isn't it? Yeah, 212. Yeah, yeah. So, so what did you, Sean, you said two, 212. You say 212? Yeah, so, 212, okay. I think. Yeah. Well, that makes sense, right? Um, I can't remember what it was, but I remember thinking, some it was something non meat related, and I was like, I wonder what we could measure that to to make sure it's done. Maybe it was potatoes. Maybe it was because I think I was doing some potatoes in the oven, and I thought, you know, I wonder what those need to be to make sure they're done. Because I've certainly undercooked them in the past. You know, Sean was talking about poking things. I'm trying to see if I could find a quick picture on Facebook of how he does testing of his brisket. Mm. He oh, it's chopstick. Yeah. Talk about it, Sean. So the brisket is should be cooked to texture, not by temperature. Mm-hmm. So what happens is the meat is cooking, the fat starts to break down, become liquid. And that's just like a, uh, a slow cooker. When the meat, you can all pull it apart and it just shreds and falls apart on your plate. The... Um, when I cook a brisket, the easiest way to tell when it's done is I take a big plastic uh, chopstick and I slowly push it into the meat. So if it slides in and out 
like a hot knife in butter, then it's done. Um, that's one of the hard parts or misconceptions, I guess, with um, looking online and following a lot of recipes off of the internet right. is everybody has a different recipe. Everybody will tell you a different temperature. And some people find that overwhelming go, or confusing. Is that the video? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. So if it just slides in. Yep. It just slides in like out. butter. It's mouth-watering. So when you slice that and pick it up, you can just pull it apart in your yeah. hand and it melts yeah. in your mouth. So Yeah. We, we just did a family reunion down in Texas and a brother-in-law made brisket, sister-in-law made ribs. And the, 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 I was, I was all about the brisket, but the ribs just got destroyed. <laughs> like everybody, she was, she had a tray. I think they were both on triggers or maybe it was, is there a mountain? No. Green mountain. Is yeah. Green, green, mountain green, green, green mountain grill. That's what, that's what yeah. Mike has. Just, what would be a Walmart smoker though? What would you get? Like Camp sure. chef or uh, um, pit boss. Pit boss. It was a pit boss. That's what it was. Um, Nothing wrong with them. Like no. it's um, a friend one time, a long time ago, said the best camera you have is the one that's with you. When you trying to justify why iPhone cameras when they first started out were the best ones, better than yeah. the camera camera. Is it? And, oh, go ahead. Sorry, Mike. It, the the same thing is true for smokers, right? They're they all a pellet grill is a very simple device that gives a hot rod to start the flame, a fan to keep the flame running, and a content feed of pellets. Right. So. If you want to buy a $300 pellet grill, buy a $300 pellet grill to get going with. And then if you find you like it, then go out and buy yourself a, a Yoder or a Piston Pits or a Smoking Brothers or. Sean, would you go bigger if I was, if you were buying a pellet grill for the first time, would you, would you go size, uh, you know, get the biggest one you can? Um, Whatever size you think you need. You need like double that. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, yes. There's, there's two of us in the house, and we have a 700 uh, square inch mm, pellet grill, and yeah. we have a 500 square inch pellet grill. B- bigger than your bathroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's yeah. always because you can always cook on half the grill, right? Yeah. You can't. Right. It's harder to cut the amount of food down in half, right. or or if you need two or three grills. But uh, usually, whatever you can, whatever's in your budget. Um, but you definitely have to base it on needs because you might not need all of the bells and whistles. You might not need a uh, the Wi-Fi controller with it. If you're at home and you're always cooking and you don't need to leave or you can get up off your couch, you can save yourself $400 by ba- buying a base model. And Green Mountain Grill does a really good job of that. They have the bare bones steel one without Wi-Fi, all the way up to the uh, top of line stainless steel with Wi-Fi reporting and and pellet hopper level, and so you have a whole range of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could get really gadgety with it, right? And yeah, but they they they've kept the they still have the non-windowed black metal bare bones entry level pellet grill, right? Uh, the only way I can justify it is to compare it to the price of a car. You know, well, hey, a Tesla's fifty. This is just a thousand. So, like, it's one fiftieth of a Tesla. <laughs> that's that's what Sammy would say. My daughter. It's just a fiftieth. It's a fi- It's a. It's it's fifty triggers. <laughs> is what she'd say. 
Well, okay. You guys, every time I do this, I mean, I came back from Texas ready to buy a pellet grill. And then I was like, no, I don't need one. I just don't. Well, but that tells one. you right there that if Texans are using pellet grills. Oh, yeah. No, no. My next grill's pellet for sure, Mark. It's well, I'm just mean like that's those those are the barbecuers. Those are yeah. the guys that know yeah. true barbecue, not grilling, but yeah. like barbecue. And when yeah. you go to a family reunion and they're using pellet grills, that that's means that pellet grills have yeah. caught on. Yeah, no, it's the way to go. It's the way. And Sean said it was his favorite. So how can I how can I not go that direction? Start Mark, start looking in the marketplace. For the Omaha area. Just you definitely won't regret it. No, no, I know I won't. I know I won't. So we've, I've had, an, um, I've bought a few things this summer already that were a little expensive and I'm getting ready to buy a treadmill for us. Uh, we finally decided like, okay, we better get some, <laughs> we better get some exercise equipment in the house. Like, uh, so that's coming up as well. Well, what you need to, you need to convince Uyghur that he needs a better pellet grill so that you can get his <laughs> old one. Yeah, maybe you'll give it to me. Maybe you just give it to me. That'd be that'd be pretty great. Mark, Sean, thanks for coming on. Sean, thanks for taking a chance on us and just showing up uh like last minute. Mark said, I know this guy. And I said, Yeah, let's have him on. And and thanks for taking a chance. It's not easy just to pop into a podcast. And, nope. Uh, first time doing a pod yeah. borrow the headset from Mark yeah. in order to do this. I'm using no. my uh six year old daughter's laptop. So Yeah, no, you did great. <laughs> You did great. You sound great. Great content. This is what we do twice a year. You know, you just jump in and do some kind of grilling show twice a year. And uh, it's kind of become a mainstay here at On Home Gadget Geeks. And uh, Sean, fifth or sixth for, year. I think it's the fifth. Yeah. I think we've, we've been doing them a while now. And they, they, they kind of go through evolutions. But uh, it was great to, to, to have you on. We'll have to, as you get ready to launch at some point, whenever that is, and you're going to, you're going to sell the products, however you're going to do that, whenever it is, just reach back out and, uh, and let us know. And we'll have to, we'll have to have you on. So, you know, definitely that would be awesome. Yeah, no, it'd be super good. So, so good. Well, you guys hang tight for me one second, a couple reminders on the way out. One big thanks to our Patreon subscribers. So if you're one of those and you know who you are, thanks for what you do. I think we're, are we early in the month? We are early in the month, and uh, and that's usually when those sponsorships come in. So thanks for doing that. If you want to join us in the Discord group, and there's some great conversation going on over there. There's been some really good hardware conversations as of late. And so if you want to jump into Discord, go to theaverageguy.tv slash Discord. If you want to leave us a message, uh, we'd love a message from you, something around grilling, pellet grills, whatever, even just you got something funny. Head out to homegadgetgeeks.com. There's a mic in the bottom right-hand corner. Click it. You got 30 seconds. Leave a message for us. We'll play it on the show. Um, if you want to contact me, send me an email, jim at theaverageguy.tv. We'll get Mike back next week. Uh, Dave McCabe is joining us uh, next week, Mark. And uh, and so um, he's got a new hobby. If you've listened to Reset, you kind of heard about it. So he just recently a new Reset where he interviewed me, I think, back in 1999. <laughs> it was a long time ago on Reset. And uh, and so Dave's joining us next week to talk about his new hobby, which is just as expensive as all his old hobbies. He doesn't go into so, anything half-hearted. No, no, he doesn't. And he's making some really nice stuff. So we'll talk about it full pictures next week I'm here. And then don't forget the AverageGuy.tv platform, both web and media hosting, powered by Maple Grove Partners. Get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from people that you know and you trust. And, of course, you know that's Christian. 
Plans start as little as $10 a month to get everything, basically. He does a great job. Visit maplegrovepartners.com. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at theaverageguy.tv slash live. We want to thank you for joining us live. We'll do a smidgen of post show. So if you're listening to the live uh, audience, thanks for doing that. If you're listening to the recorded podcast of this, come out and join us live, for God's sakes. Jeez. Like, just once, come out and join us live. We'd love to see you here and uh, join us in the evening. For those that did join us, uh, I think Ken and Brian, Justin, Joe, thanks for coming out tonight, guys. Appreciate it. We'll see you next week. With that, we'll say goodbye, everybody.